Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dermatillo Diaries. Today I have with me a wonderful guest, Nohemi, who is based in the beautiful city of Paris. When it comes to dermatillomania awareness online, darker skin tones are often unfortunately left out of the topic, which is why it's so important to discuss today as part of this conversation. I'm really glad to have Nohemi join me today, so thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all, man. I am so, so happy to be sitting and chatting to you. Um, and we originally spoke on Instagram and we started to kind of get a bit of a conversation going where we thought this could make a great podcast episode. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I wanted to kind of start it off by understanding a bit more of your personal journey with compulsive skin picking um, and we can kind of go from there. Okay, okay. So, uh, I mean, I've been aware of, I've been doing this since I was a little girl. I remember because I, uh, my memories go, I think I was like six, five or six years old. And I was in the, on holidays in the Caribbean. Uh, and there, unfortunately, I have a lot of mosquito bites. Mm-hmm. And bites can lead to uh, little wounds. And I remember that I was actually skin picking a lot, which would leave um, bats carrying on my legs. So I would say that it started on the legs mostly, uh, the arm, also the arms. And um, I was constantly just scratching, scratching, scratching. And it was terrible because I had sometimes a little bit of infection, you know, when you play in the sand, for example. And afterwards, during the entire year, um, being back in France, I was just so ashamed to show my legs because of the scaring, the little black dots. So I'm a black woman. So when it comes to scaring, scaring is it's a little hard for me or complicated to handle because any scar is going to uh, create hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's not something that you can hide. And especially when you're a kid, uh, when you're going to school, you're never going to put foundation on your legs, of course. So, you know, um, showing my legs, uh, sleepovers at friend's house, um, going to the pool with the class, uh, the swimming pool with the class was uh, challenging for me. So I never saw, I never realized that it was a situation before. I was just doing it. And, you know, people around me were just telling me, stop touching your legs, stop scratching. But I was, I was just doing it because it, I needed it. I needed it big time and I couldn't just... Um, Anytime I was feeling any kind of um, little something on my hands or on my legs or on my arms anywhere, I would just scratch it. Mm. And um, I think the main part started uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, Of course, I think I had a little bit of like acne. So it started on my face. And when I see the pictures from my from that time, my skin was still okay, but I was starting to see some like hyperpigmentation dots. So I knew that it was uh, that it started more on my face at that time. And I think for the past year, so now I'm 32, uh, and I think for the past 10 years, it's been it's been very um, massive, I would say, on my face to the point now that I'm very self-conscious, I can't really go out without wearing a little bit of makeup. Um, it's hard for me, for example, again, sleepovers. Sometimes I have friends over, sorry, friends over, um, or just, you know, going on holidays with people and, you know, you spend, you you share intimacy. So you uh, wake up in the morning. <laughs> Some people will just show up at breakfast uh, in pajamas and dip their skin. For me, it was a situation so I had to wake up early to make sure my face was presentable to the world, pretty much. Um and also I had questions from some people. What happened to you? Why do you have this? Because I do have black friends, but I also have uh, lighter skinned friends. So they would they don't know about scaring when you're a black person, when you have darker skin. They don't know why it would create hyperpigmentation. So I had some questions would make me feel so uncomfortable. So mostly I would answer and say, oh, I have eczema, which I do have, but it wasn't this, the reason. So people would, I would just tell people I have eczema or I had mosquito bites because <laughs> I was lucky enough to travel, uh, you know, to, to the islands often. So it would be a good reason, let's say, to have uh, scars. And um, and now it's it's very bad. I was I was able to understand that something was going on but without even naming it because I didn't know and one day I think 
was it maybe five years ago, I just find an article on, on the internet talking about this. And it changed the whole world, my whole world, because it was an actual thing. It was just not, wasn't just me anymore. And, um, and also uh, I discovered that some people was, were getting treated for that. Hmm. I think at that time I wasn't ready. So I just kept that some, some head, somewhere in my head and didn't really pay attention until very recently, maybe a year and a half ago, I was on Instagram and I found this French girl. Uh, I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but her Instagram account is possible. And she was actually talking about it and explaining the, everything she was going through, uh, the process, what she was doing, the amount of time she was spending in front of the mirror, the fact that in that moment, time doesn't even matter anymore. You don't even know what, how much time you spend in front of the mirror. And then I was like, it's me. And using, you can uh, skin pick with your hands, but sometimes you use like tweezers or anything really. And, um, and, and I was like, okay, but that's exactly what I'm going through. So I talked, to, I talked about it to a friend, a very good friend of mine. And I said to her, look, I, I think there's something going on. And, and I told her, there's a name, look at this, look at the article. She, she posted a little video also, so look at the video. And she was like, oh my God, that's exactly what's happening to you. And I was relieved, relieved because again, I was going back to that first thought that I had, okay, I'm not alone in this. Um, and the fact that I wasn't alone, I was, I felt a little bit free and um, open to discuss it, let's say, because I'm not going to talk about it to just any random people, but yeah. I felt comfortable explaining to people like, look, this is what I'm going through. It's not my fault. It's not just me uh, doing this to um, damage my skin, basically, but it, it has a lot to do with how I feel mentally, um, the stress that I might go through, some anxiety also. And so it was a relief, but I knew also that it was something that I had to deal with and hopefully fix. Um, I know that I could start therapy for this, but I'm already doing therapy for other stuff. So I think it's going to come a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I live with it. I, it's, it's, it's hard for me every day. I feel very uh, self-conscious about it. And also, again, dark skins, um, it's, it shows. I mean, my scars last years so it's not like i'm scaring and two weeks later or three months later there's nothing if i have a scar you would you would see it for like years right so yeah it requires a lot of makeup and sometimes it's a little sad because i i do resent myself after doing it but i just can't prevent it 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 just starts usually after work it used to be after work um, before i was coming home going straight to the bathroom and I was just like cleaning kind of my face. Um, sometimes it goes bad and I, I, I found myself doing it during my sleep. Right. Can you believe? Um, and sometimes I bleed and it's terrible and then I feel bad, but then I can't help it. And then I'm excited to see that there's a scarring tissue started to happen because I'm just like, okay, it's going to be finished, but if I have scary tissues, it means that I'm going to be able to pick something. So it's like a never ending circle, let's say. Um, and so, yeah, it was before work. And then I started to realize that recently, uh, if I was, for example, focused on working on something um, or, you know, the, the when you're watching a movie or you're not doing anything specific, mm-hmm. my hands directly would go on my face and do uh, what you're calling, I think, skin grazing, grazing or something. Grazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly touching, looking for some ir- ir- irregularity and trying to see if I can just like clean something. Mm-hmm. Um, not clean at all. It's just imagine more my skin. But so, yeah, and now I realize that I, uh, I do it at work. And at first, I think I wasn't doing it because I wear makeup to go to work. So I wasn't, I, I wouldn't like ruin the makeup, basically, and mm-hmm. show any my colleagues that I had some bad skin under the makeup. Mm-hmm. But the bad thing is that I brought some makeup at, at the office. 
So now I know that if I do anything, I can fix it right away in the bathroom. So that too is a very bad thing. So it's not helpful. Um, for, for a long time, for a long time, I was never good wearing um, short sleeve. I was wearing only long sleeve, even during the summer. Showing my arms was not even an option. And for some reason, sometimes it's more my legs. Sometimes it's more my arms. But recently it was more my arms. So my legs are fine, kind of. Yes. But my my, my my arms were very bad. So also working out, I was going to the gym and I had to put some concealer on my spots, dark spots, because I didn't want anybody to, to feel like, oh, she has a skin disease or something. What is wrong with her? So I was covering all the time. I don't, I don't do that anymore. So because I'm more comfortable, let's say, with the arms, but the face, too. when I have, to, I go to the gym in the morning, for example, 6.30 in the morning, but I would wake up earlier to just like cover my face. And nobody should do that before going to the gym, but I'm so self-conscious that I kind of have to hide it. And uh, it's a long, it's a, it's very, it's hard. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's hard. I'm never free to just jump out of bed and, you know, live my life. And um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult, but at least now what it is. And um, I know that I could try and fix it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're doing already an amazing job for at least understanding that like having that self-awareness and knowing the locations that you're at, the, the time of days, the areas. And I think that's very what you've mentioned about like changing the areas that you're kind of focusing on, whether it's your face or your arms, or your body. I think that's really common. I definitely have a, a lot of experience in that, especially if I know that I'm going to be going somewhere that needs that area on show. Um, and I mean, for it's been a long time since I went on a beach, but if I had to go on a beach, like uh, I, there would be internal screaming and holding out until that event was done. And then as soon as I'm back home, it would be like everything is getting grazed, is getting picked and stuff. But um, but I, yeah, it, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you have been able to find some resources online that have give, at least given it a name to you and, and understanding your behaviors and knowing, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Um, there are other people that are experiencing this and the psychological element as well. I mean, because otherwise it's like, why am I doing this? I can't, why can't I just stop? But understanding, right. Oh, okay. This is why. And this is why it's actually but, a really struggle. But I'm, but I'm still trying to, I, 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 I like to think about whatever is happening to me in my body, any uh, any manifestation of something. I'm trying to think about what's going on and what it, is, what it, why it's happening. For example, when I have eczema, I can tell you, okay, I was actually pretty mad two days ago. I was pretty annoyed or high anxiety. So I know why the eczema is coming out. Yeah. But for but the skin kicking, I know when it's happening, but it's hard for me to be sure about why what is actually triggering it because mm-hmm. it happens all the time. Eczema doesn't happen all the time. So I can't tell you, okay, this was because I was very annoyed two days ago. So it's coming out now. Skin picking is like happening all the time. I think I'm a very anxious person, even if I, I can hide it pretty well, but because I hide it pretty well, it's coming out another way, you know? Yeah. yeah no, um, so I, I think I probably have more anxiety than I'm aware of, but mm. it's hard for me to explain exactly. Okay, today at this specific time, I'm skin picking because this event is actually tri- like creating this whole thing. So I'm still trying to think, um, but I think I think my anxiety is maybe like a, a continuous uh, state. Even if it's low anxiety, it's still anxiety, you know. Yeah. So maybe continuous state which create the continuous skin picking like every day Mm -hmm. have any uh, wound on my face for me I'm so excited I'm so happy sometimes I have bad moments where I have pretty much 10 different places that would actually skin pick on my face on my face right now today I have two which is not too much but it's very bad Uh, you can't really see it now because I'm wearing makeup but I have 
big, big uh, spots of hyperpigmentation on my face. Okay. One so big that I could actually tr- trick people into telling them that it's a birthmark. Why? It's that. Um, so yeah, I um, I just I wish I was free. I wish I was not doing this. But you know, it, it could it could be this. It could be uh, um, biting my nails. It could be um, uh, you know picking my hair or something or biting my my uh, um, yes exactly which I don't do. Um, but yes. Also, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think that I was uh, actually biting my my nails, my nails when I was a teenager, which I don't do anymore. So maybe I, I just got it transferred to skin picking somehow, you know? Yeah, that that um, it, that's what happened to me. I was when I was a child, I was like always biting my nails all the time, always getting told stop, like leave your nails alone, get your fingers out your mouth, um, and. For me, at least, as soon as puberty started and my skin changed and there was more physical things to focus, you know, I was getting pimples and, and stuff. My skin was getting very oily. Um, my attention then turned to uh, the skin and I didn't realize that connection. I was like, oh, I just thought I grew out of skin, uh, the nail biting and didn't think exactly. anything of it until like a few years ago. And I was like, hmm. Maybe that's related. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and do you know if there's anyone else in your family that struggles with a body focused repetitive behavior? So I've been thinking about this and I don't have anybody in my family that does that. I don't even have anybody in my family that has another um, compulsive behavior, you know, in that sense. Um, so I'm very alone in my thing in my family. So um, I, it's not even I can talk. I can't really talk about it. I try to talk about it to, to my mother. Um, mm-hmm. She's always telling me, "Leave your skin alone. Leave your face alone. Don't scratch your face." Blah blah blah. And when I try to talk to her about uh, dermatillomania, she did. She 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 heard me, but she didn't listen that much, which was a little sad. So now she's always telling me, "You need to see a dermatologist. You need to see a dermatologist." And I'm telling her, "Mom." It's not a dermatology that I need to see. It's a mental situation. And I need to see it like a therapist or a shrink or someone to help me to deal with whatever anxiety I'm going through. Dermatologist, it's after. Dermatologist would actually cure the, excuse the noise outside. Dermatologist would help with um, the, the result, let's say. But mm-hmm. for me, it, it would be just like hiding the dust under the, the rug, you know? I yeah. need to understand why it's happening and a dermatologist will not be able to tell me or maybe maybe not but I need to go deeper than that to be able to fix it and I'm trying to explain that to my mother and she just doesn't understand very well because she's not going through it so for her she, it's just me like playing with my skin and she doesn't see the 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 the, the compulsive behavior behind this and she, it's hard sometimes it's hard to feel a little bit misunderstood by your own family um, and also, I think I've been also good uh, by hiding it. Um, I've been good in hiding it, sorry. And so she knows because I'm comfortable enough to do it when she's around, but I would not do it in front of any, at just random people. I have a few friends who know. One colleague, sometimes she's like, stop touching your skin because she knows I'm in front of my computer. She would tell me, and she's coming from a very good place. She knows we talked about it. So she's like, just kidding. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, no. But I would like just do it. And I have a friend, the same friend that I talked to um, when I found out about dermatillomania. She's she's very understanding. And she she supports me very much, which is a good help. And uh, she just the fact that I can talk about it to her is a good relief for me also. Mm, I'm really glad that you've got someone in that environment that has your back and, and understands and, and is a bit of a safe place for you to have that conversation, um, especially with work, because work can be really stressful, especially if you're at a desk and you st- your hands, especially if you've got like a, a desk surface where your hands can be very close to the... Access is yeah. very easy. It's so, it's one hand on my mouth, my mouth. And the other one is actually looking for something. And sometimes I just scratch myself very bad to the point where I'm bleeding in front of my like screen. I'm, I'm bleeding. I mm. need to fix it very quickly. 
and um, and then there's I don't know if it's a lot of shame, but I'm a little bit yeah I'm embarrassed, um, but also yeah I just I just try to fix it before anybody sees me like yeah yeah unfortunately I think that's something a lot of us um, have experienced or still continue to experience, um, and the that shame element is it's hard in that moment you know when you're around people and when you've actually created a bit of a wound and there's blood and you've got to go and and see to that it's it's um it's not a nice feeling at all mm-hmm. um, I think um what you, you mentioned something which was interesting how you can kind of manipulate how you look and come across to others to, to kind of hide it you can hide it pretty well um mm-hmm. and I think all of us are we are definitely like find we're finding that art where it's like someone of like I had no idea and it's like because I literally 24 hours a day of thinking and, and, and shaping how I am around you and everyone else so that nobody has a, an idea um but in my experience at least um when I was open and talking to people especially um like friends family uh work colleagues about it I realized that there was actually a lot more people around me that were doing it than I realized it was just that the conversation had not really been had and uh it's it takes a little bit for someone else to kind of open up about their experience right um so yeah I I, I'm sorry to hear that you don't feel like you've got that support internally, like within your family, that that somebody who firsthand understands. Um, and I do know that body-focused repetitive behaviours are genetically predisposed. Um, there may be someone, I mean, who knows really, but there may be someone who actually just has been very good at hiding it, the way that we're very good at hiding it, uh, I don't know. I, I could it be could it be something else? Could it be like because uh, nobody's biting their nails around me? I'm trying to think about my my parents, my brothers, but no uh, nails biting, uh, trichotillomania. mania. I don't know how to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's doing it around me. I have a friend actually with whom I had the conversation recently because she's doing it. She didn't know it thing until I told her, "Hey, look what I have going on." And this is what's going on with you because I noticed that you're picking your uh, high lashes. Mm-hmm. And then we had a conversation very open, which was very good. But to go back on my family, either they're very good at hiding something uh, or it's coming from something else. I don't really know. Um, I don't I, think it necessarily has to be skin picking. I think, um, and this is just from speaking with other people over time about it, Um I found that there's a lot of people who the the self-grooming behaviors that we have, um, there'll be other people in their families that do similar. It doesn't necessarily have to be, say, skin picking, but mm-hmm. it could be nail biting. It could be, you know, the other um, body-focused repetitive behaviors, but it's that self-soothing mechanism um, via the self-grooming behaviors um so it, I mean it could be it it who knows really um but I, I think it, it's an it's an interesting consideration because um for years I felt completely like I felt like there's no one in my family that understands this and then mm-hmm. one in life I was like oh actually um apparently there is and I had no idea but they on the other hand had no idea about me because mm-hmm. I wasn't were they aware. Were they aware of what's going? I mean, they knew about whatever uh, they, had, or it was not. Because I think a lot of people might be suffering from it without even knowing it's happening. Mm. Like thinking, oh, that's just me doing this. And if you actually uh, emphasize on that, they'll realize that it's an actual um, uh, repetitive behavior. But I don't know. Maybe. I, I think the, the most the biggest problem in this is like this the lack of information, the lack of conversation about it, uh, lack of awareness. So people would just live their life doing things forever without even noticing that this is something they can talk about and that other people are actually facing. 
So unless we spoke, we speak about it more, which I'm trying to do, um, people would just not know forever. I think sometimes, unfortunately, they would not be aware. Yeah, I think I think so too, definitely. Um, and with my family members as examples here, they didn't know it was a thing until um, I was talking about it and they happened to see the things that I was posting on my own experience. And okay. so they kind of connected the dots that way. But I don't think, I mean, I don't know that they haven't said, but I'm assuming they hadn't looked um, into it as closely because they came across quite surprised when they okay. were like, oh, oh, okay, that has a name. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, they, you know, like my sister, uh, well, at least one of my sisters, my dad said the same. He said he got it from his granddad. Um, but then at the same time, you know, when I was a teenager, it would be my dad who was like, you know, leave your skin alone. Boys aren't going to like you picking your chest like that. But it's an interesting thing because it years later, you know, that those thoughts are still in the back of my mind. But it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, he was actually dealing with the same thing and not know. And so I don't know. I think sometimes I think sometimes um it is an interesting one. We feel very alone, but but we may have people in a similar situation or a lot closer to us than we realize. Yes. I would like to know more. I would like to, I should ask maybe, maybe just asking would be a good thing because when you ask, you're creating the question for the people, for themselves, you know? Um, and then you actually lead them to think about their behavior. Um, maybe there's maybe there's nothing happening, but maybe there is. And, yeah. uh, unless you make it a conversation, they wouldn't probably think about that. I would have to ask, but yes, just right now, if I think about it, that's, I, I don't see anybody. Maybe in my external family, let's say, uh, grandparents, aunts and uncles, I don't know. I haven't been my grandparents very much, so I wouldn't yeah. know. Um, there's um there's a lot of luckily I think um especially in recent years there's a lot of resources now um which can help people that that don't have a, a first-hand experience um at the very least um as well as like professionals so so the TLC foundation um I, I don't know if you know them but they they are really they're very good at providing a lot of help for people like ourselves but also medical professionals um so that say for example um providing professional training on these subjects to professionals who who require a, a better understanding of these things as obviously the awareness is growing year on year um it, it's important that they are being provided with updated information and the relevant training so that they can help people like us and then that means that the resources are are growing and um and hopefully research is increasing and stuff uh, so it's it's great that even if even if we can't we feel unable to have um as in-depth conversations about this with people around us as we'd like I think it's great that we've got those resources from foundations like PLC um, who are helping the, the relevant professionals that we turn to, to to understand, at least from an academic point of view. Because I mentioned that actually I had the conversation with my therapist. Uh, she's been working with me for the past uh, three or four years now. Mm-hmm. And when I'm I was very happy that I was able to talk about it to her, but she didn't know much about it. She didn't know much about it. She had heard about it, but she didn't know much. And also I do uh, hypnotherapy mm-hmm. uh, with someone else. And when I mentioned to her, she just didn't know about it. She had never heard about it. She didn't know anything. I haven't spoken to a dermatologist about it also because um, I have this situation i think a lot of uh dark-skinned people are facing mm-hmm. to find a professional that knows black skin um and knows how to treat it so i just don't go anymore because i was given uh products that are not okay for my skin 
Uh, once, for example, I was using this for, for eczema, I was using this cream with corti corticoids inside. Okay. Cortisone. Yeah. It just, um, it just bleached. It was bleaching my skin. So my oh. hands were actually um, getting lighter. So oh. for example, this is a, a specific case that shows how um, in a country like France, which is, you know, France, of course, uh, professionals don't really know how to handle every type of skin. Um, and now I find myself Googling and I know I'm not the only one, but you kind of have to Google uh, dermatologists for Black people because you need to find someone, a professional that is actually um, competent mm -hmm. with skins because you can have a degree or a, um, a diploma in dermatology and still part of the population you're not able to to treat because you don't know their skin. And for me, that's a problem that I'm facing. So I was talking to you earlier about uh, the hyperpigmentation. Yeah. And they just don't know what to do. So they would give you this kind of cream that would actually bleach your skin. But this, that's not the idea. I don't want to bleach my skin. I just wish I could find someone that could, they understand um, melanin more, the way it works, and how I can actually protect my skin. For example, Nobody ever told me that black people could wear sunscreen. Nobody told me that because I, 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 grew, I was growing up and people said, I, I was always hearing like, oh, black people, the sun is okay for you guys. Sun is fine. You don't need to fear the sun. So I was going on the, you know, the, the, on holidays and not actually protecting my skin, uh, going skiing without protecting my skin. One day I had a burn. Everybody was surprised because they didn't know that black skin could burn also. So, and and that's bad because actually the sun, as good as as good as it could be, can be for us, vitamin D and everything. The the sun is actually increasing the dark spots. It's increasing the scarring. It gets it gets even darker. So now that I know that, I'm I'm aware of that. I can help myself and say I'm actually wearing sunscreen every day now. So every day before I leave my place, I put sunscreen on my face. And some people find it very funny because they don't understand, but I know that my skin, even if it's a black skin, can be damaged by the sun. So I need to take care of it. But this is because I had to research myself and I had to talk to other black people that were in the same journey as me, how to protect your skin. But I wouldn't find this help with professionals, which I think is very sad. Yeah. And because I'm actually skin picking and my face is more damaged than like a regular face, let's say. Mm -hmm. and be more uh, focused on it and take uh, more measures, let's say, to protect it, you know. So it's a lot of work for myself. I'm educating myself, um, but I should be able to find the help that I need in a professional, which I don't right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed to hear that, you've, that you're experiencing that and you won't be the only one who's experiencing that. Um, and I guess... It even goes down to, and I mean, this is literally just my opinion only, but it probably could come down to the training as well. Like if if these research is, is on white or lighter skinned people, um, then the products that they're going to use and, and, and prescribe, et cetera, they're not considering darker oh, skin. Not at all. Not at all. But I mean, in every aspect, mostly in every aspect, most of the time they're not considering darker skins because, for example, if you if you take any kind of medication and you look at the little, um, I don't know how to say the little um, uh, inside the box, there's little. Oh, the little information thing. Exactly. Yeah. It says, oh, if you see any kind of. Uh, pinkish uh, manifestation on your on your skin or if it gets red or all this kind of manifestation we don't get that i mean we do but it's not noticeable so how would i know that my skin is getting pinkish or that i'm reacting to a product if mm. it doesn't show the way it would show for a light skin person you know what i mean yeah so all this we need to um we need to uh we need to search ourselves um it's the same for i was joking with a friend um uh you know band-aids 
Mm-hmm. They are made uh, with the nude color, but yeah. it's me for white uh, white skins, you know. So me, yeah. for example, I'm wearing a bandaid. There's nothing. I mean, it's it shows, and it's not my skin color. It's changing a little bit now. I've seen some um, different shades of color in band-aids. The same way they're now making different shades of color for foundation, different shades of color for underwear. It's there are more awareness around this right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, you would just wear a band-aid and never like nobody would ever question the fact that this band-aid wasn't matching my skin tone and a lot of people's skin tone. Um, skin tones, even if they were different from mine. Um, so it's it's the same situation we're facing. I think um, uh, the representation is always uh, mostly for lighter skins. Yep. And a lot, of, a lot of other skin uh, shades are left out a little bit. Uh, it is changing. Um, I'm very happy about it. But again, to go back to Dermatillomania, when it's in a situation like this one, um, uh, like mine, for example, um, I feel left out even more because that's the the whole dermatology field. Let's say is is not even considering my skin tone. So, so yeah, it's it's just like a lot of makeup helping, but I should be able to find some uh, medical treatment that would suit my skin, um, which I'm not finding very easily. And I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to research see what I can do um, because I think it would be really important to speak to a dermatologist who, whether it's first-hand experience or just has, you know, a load of experience in this in particular, because I think it's, it's definitely something that needs to be discussed. Um, there's, there's obviously a load of questions that, that need to be answered um, to help darker skin tones. Um, and it isn't really good enough that some people are left with additional concerns and worries and fears and, and that shame element as well, like that it, it's all a big cycle that fuels the the, the feelings to self-soothe. So um, I'm, I'm really sorry that you've experienced it um, and I think it's very important to get another conversation specifically on this um, with the mm-hmm. relevant professional um, to answer these questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would be very helpful because I'm I'm talking today, but of course I'm not the only one facing these situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a question that I have with friends, uh, whatever skin tone they have, but I'm trying to, I'm very trying to be open about the subject so that people know, are aware. Uh, the bended situation is something that I'm actually talking about to my friends uh, because they never realized it because they never face this situation sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I really want to be vocal about it. I want to make it um, something we talk about because it's something that's happening to a lot of us. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, things we need to take into consideration. We need to think about and uh, a lot of research. Uh, a lot of also um, feeling a little bit, um, yeah, alone in this, actually, feeling alone in this. But the good thing about the internet right now is that there's also a lot of, uh, um, how can I say, a lot of uh, options. If you want to look for stuff, you will probably find stuff, but they will not come easily to you. That's what I mean. But you need to dig. If you if you, if you type some stuff on Google, if you search, uh, you know, even social media is great for that. TikTok, Instagram, these are the platforms where actually you are. This is amazing because you find a lot of answers. Uh, mm. You found tough people who are facing the same things, um, and uh, most of the help now that I'm getting out from social media, believe it or not. So it's not bad things. It can be very good, actually. I'm glad to hear that that's helped. And I definitely feel in the last couple of years, especially the awareness and the conversations and, and help you can find online and it has really skyrocketed, which is great. Um, I just want to ask, like, do you find when you're on social media, do you find that it's, do you find the representation yourself? Do you see people that, that you resonate with, not just with the skin picking and the psychological element, but the, you know, 
Alors, on, on skin, uh, so, I'm sorry to speak French, that's bad. <laughs> so, on, on skin picking, not really. Right now, I'm following mostly uh, Camille from Possible and you also. Uh, that I actually, I I found Camille and then you came just under, so I was able to follow you. Um, I haven't, I haven't found any black person with skin picking disorder. Like I'm trying to think, but no. In terms of, um, in terms of uh, representation, are we talking about um, oh, something specific, uh, skin related or not necessarily? I think, um, I think, The psychological elements, I think a lot of us can relate to regardless. Obviously, mm -hmm. some of us <clears throat> are in more privileged positions than others. Um, mm -hmm. So, say, for example, the Band-Aid, you know, mm -hmm. um, there are some of us that wouldn't have thought of that unless it was, uh, you know, somebody had mentioned it. And then there's others exactly. that have, to, have considered that from the very beginning. And so um, there are things that, we're not necessarily at the same level but I think mm -hmm. um I think what I was what I was wondering was like yeah as you say like do you see black representation when you see content online about compulsive skin picking um don't tell me or, or body focused repetitive behaviors and, and if not um not really not really I mean probably there, there is I'm, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that someone out there who is actually talking about this mm -hmm. product yeah. I haven't found this person yet. I haven't found this account yet. Um, but I wish actually it was uh, it was uh, more discussed. And I know it's happening because I have this. I go to this just uh, to tell you, but I go to this um, skincare treatment uh, salon. I don't know how to say, mm. and they do like hydrofacial and like peelings and stuff. And a lot of clients that they're showing, you know, the before and afters uh, are black skinned people or dark skinned people. And it, sometimes it's written in the caption, this person is suffering from dermatillomania. So I see a black person who is actually in the same situation, but she's just a customer, you know, she's not necessarily someone who has a voice, who can reach a lot of people, who can talk about this and... And I'm sure there is, but I haven't just haven't found this person yet or this person yet. Um, maybe I should try something and <laughs> maybe it'd be a, a spokesperson yeah. in the community, but <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, I don't know if I, yeah, I mean, it's, everything is legitimate in the sense that I'm a dark-skinned person with skin picking disorder, right? So I could. Um, I'm not there yet, but... Um, and don't feel but, like, like that you'd have that you have to do something like that I think you even talking to you're on this podcast discussing a journey which is incredibly brave in itself it's a courageous thing but bear in mind I know this is a conversation and a topic that you are quite protective of and defensive and, and probably don't really want to just chat to anyone about like I do this um but it takes a lot of courage to chat to your family members, to chat to your work colleagues and, and to push yourself. I know that you said you, you um, have been getting therapy for the past few yes. years, yes. not necessarily on dermatillomania, especially, but probably mm -hmm. to help with like the root causes perhaps, and some of the triggers and that mm -hmm. requires a lot of, a hell of a lot of courage. So like, you know, what you're doing is amazing in itself if you find that you know one day you expand on that then that's incredible but regardless of that I think you're doing amazing thank you so much well thank you I really appreciate what you're saying and it's true when you put this like I mean in perspective like it's it's a big deal to be able to talk about it openly I don't think I would be able to talk about it openly to everybody mm -hmm. most be more comfortable with people that I don't know than with some people that I know for sure but also you're giving me the possibility to do so right I'm I I don't know anybody I don't have like 10,000 followers and also I'm very still very shy with this uh, skin picking disorder thing and I don't I'm, I think I'm a little bit afraid of what people might think because when it comes to compulsive behavior I think there's also this idea that it's could be something like mental illness. So I think maybe I'm not quite comfortable with it. Okay. Um, actually, I'm not comfortable with talking about it to other people. 
so it's not easy but if you are uh, i mean when i talked to you on instagram and we had we started to have this conversation it started little by little but you were interested in hearing me you were interested in having this conversation so mm -hmm. i'm very grateful because nobody else did before of course but a lot of people would have just said oh i feel for you i understand yeah that's very bad but you just didn't you don't you didn't just do that you actually realized that there were a problem and this it, it would be good to talk about it mm -hmm. um i don't know what i mean who is your uh representing your audience but i'm sure that this conversation we're having is going to be like oh um touching someone and this person will be like, yeah, I feel exactly the same. I'm glad. So I'm happy to do it. Um, but, but again, I wouldn't have done it if you didn't give me the opportunity to do so. So that's very good. I mean, that's very, uh, I really appreciate that. And I'm happy to talk about it. Maybe it's going to make me more comfortable in the future, you know, um, more open to, to discuss it with more people. Uh, who knows? But it's a real situation. It's a real topic. Um, I was going to say it doesn't prevent me to live, but it does prevent me to do some stuff sometimes, unfortunately. And it doesn't. It does prevent me to be a very spontaneous sometimes. Um, mm. But yeah, it's part of my life. I live with it, and um, I'm pretty sure so many people live with it. They need to be. This is a topic we need to address definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. You will not be the only one experiencing this. I know, you know, from dermatillomania, I know for sure you're not the only one because there's loads of us out there. There's a massive boat of us. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the the more the the things you're talking about with your particular darker skin tone and, and like mm -hmm. hyperpigmentation, you will not be alone in that. And there'll be so many people, I'm sure, that are feeling that exhaustion and that frustration and um and just not knowing where to turn and not seeing as much representation on social media or I don't know in in articles or on TV whatever it is that, that a lot of people such as myself can turn to and find so it's it's such an it's such an important area that needs more light on it for sure and whether um, whether it is through yourself or anybody else, it's so relevant. Um, and if there's anything I can do to help, I will. Um, You're doing it right now. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being, for being here. And um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you um, and opening up and explaining, you know, discussing your truth. It's not easy. And I am very grateful that you've allowed me in. Um, you. If there was anything you could say to your younger self on this, what would you say to them? On, on dermatillomania? Yeah. Generally speaking. Or just, just uh, how, and not, not necessarily the, um, the, you know, day-to-day -day things that we do with dermatillomania, but I guess like, mm. you know, the, the, the emotional side, the mental side, like what would you say to that younger yeah, self? probably tell myself to to have some trust in myself. I would say, yeah, trust yourself, Amy. Um, everything will be fine. Uh, you're capable. I would probably cheer myself up because now I'm, I'm my age. I'm 32 again. As I said, I'm better. I feel better. But in my younger years, I was doubting myself a lot. So I would probably reassure my knee and say, look, there's, there might be a little bit of struggle here and there, but you'll be fine. You'll do good. Mm. Uh, you'll do, sorry. Uh, you'll be okay. And uh, yeah, you're strong. I think I would just remind my my young self that I, my younger self that I'm strong enough to 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 survive every kind of uh, uh, struggle that I'm facing and that I would be facing in the future. Yeah. Amazing. I think they are words that so many of us need to hear and and you you are you are evidently inc an incredibly strong person so <laughs> it is um as i draw this as we draw this conversation to a close i usually ask if um if the person i'm talking to if you have like a, a favorite quote and why is there anything like a mantra or a quote something that really speaks to you that you that comes back into your head often or you read so uh, if i have to think about that 
I would say there's a Creole saying. So my mom is from Martinique, so they have a Creole there. Mm-hmm. And they say Creole, I would, I would say, Sakitao la rivière Pakachaye, which means literally what belongs to you, the river is not going to take it away. Mm. So it, it's just a way to say, don't be hard on yourself. Don't rush things. Don't pursue things too much uh, when, they, when it feels like it's not right. Everything that belongs to you and is, mean, is meant to belong to you will come to you eventually. So I love that because even, you know, looking for a job, looking for a partner in life, it happens also. Um, things, I mean, I like to trust the universe and I like to think that everything that is good for me will eventually come despite the struggle and the doubts. So I just decide to let it go. And whatever is, what is, whatever is meant to be will be. Whatever is meant to be for me will just belong to me at some point. So when you, when you think about that, it, I'm just like letting things go a little bit more. And I'm not trying to uh, be um, uh, too hard on myself if I don't succeed anything, if I don't get the, this job that I was applying for, if I don't get this um anything i'm just uh more like okay if it didn't happen it wasn't meant to be and that's it and that's fine so yeah that's that would be my quote that would be my favorite quote yes i love it i love it so much thank you <laughs> thank you. I, I really love that you know, <laughs> i was gonna say you have you have to write it out for me i will not be able to oh yeah i'll write to you in, <laughs> I'll like... write to you in creole in french and in english oh, <laughs> great. Man, yes. that would be great um, well, thank you so much, Nohemi. It's been it's been so wonderful, and I'm sure this won't be the last time that we chat. So yes, I'm happy to chat with you anytime. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. It's very important. Thank you for you know bringing my voice to uh, a wide wider audience also because it's very important. And uh, it was a lovely chat. I'm happy. It's I feel even lighter than I was before because I feel like I've been discussing good things with you and. Um, it would make sense for me, but not only for me. So it's even better. Thank you. That that makes me really, really happy to hear. And it won't be the last time. I'm sure we will chat again. So touch, don't, be, don't be a stranger. We'll uh, <laughs> I'll have a lovely rest of your day and we'll chat very soon, Naomi. Thank you so much, Kim, and have a good afternoon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.